0: When we talked about doing musicals, westerns, musicals, and comedies, and I thought Seven Brides for Seven Brothers would be a good one, I had no idea of the interests and the controversies that center around it that i have been reading. I mean, there's an endless number. It reminds me of the controversies and different theories behind the movie High, High Noon with Gary Cooper, and what went into that.
1: So I mean, I I had to finally quit reading all of them. There's just so much. Wow. I I, uh, went on to IMDb and I sorted the ratings from lowest to highest and I was reading some of the one and two, three, four star ratings. And then then of course there's a lot of tens and overall I think it has an average of like a 7.3 or 7.6 or something. But I remember watching this movie when I was about 12 years old and I I had like a fond memory of this movie g- going into it. And I thought, oh, this will be fun because I have this memory of a lot of musicals and a lot of people dancing. And, and I remember it was it was really pretty. I was texting you as I started watching it and I was oh, this is not what I remembered it was like.
0: <laughs> I know, the same here. I, I saw it when I was probably about 12 also and I hadn't watched it since. And all I remembered were the... F- the beautiful clothes and the outstanding dancing. Yeah, same. And, and, and you know, follow on the footsteps of uh, the Lee Marvin Clint Eastwood Paint Your Wagon film, which also had the uh, abduction of women. It's like, well, this must have been a theme in some of these f- films.
1: Yeah, that was a good catch. I, I kind of had forgotten about that part of Paint Your Wagon where they oh. kidnapped those uh, those tarts as they called them the french tarts as a 12 year old i didn't pick up on any of that i i I remember i remember thinking that the brothers were rescuing the rescuing the girls from this from these men that they didn't want to be with that in my mind as a 12 year old that's what was happening
0: oh okay
1: watching it in 2021 no that's totally not what's going on
0: it's amazing to me um this, what is it? Sixty-seven years since it was released, and today, the the uh, shift in culture, uh, filmmaking, entertainment, in, in society in general. Because this was not the only film from that era that had. I mean, we we I I, I had sent you a text about you know there was blackface and there were uh, Asians being played by top-line stars and all kinds of things that were going on in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. And you look back at that now, and it's like a time capsule of, I don't know.
1: But you made a good point, though, because you also had movies like Gentleman's Agreement and, and others where... Yes,
0: the, Grapes of Wrath
1: and others. Where there was a, there was an awareness of the what was going on in society uh, in a way that was sort of outside that Hollywood bubble... Of, I mean, I don't know how else to say but It's kind of like a, a patriarchal, white supremacist kind of view of, and I and I don't mean that in a Nazi way. I just mean that it was white centric. I, I guess we should also do our introductions here. We just kind <laughs> yes. of jumped right in. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: couldn't wait to get started. You're right.
1: listening to the opening music uh, of Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, and uh, this is Classic Movie Reviews, and you can find us on the internet at classicmoviereviews.net and on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash Reviews. and I'm Matt Johnson coming to you from North Bend. And uh, this is Bob Johnson in Los
0: Angeles welcoming everybody back to Classic Movie Reviews. And uh, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, which was released in July of 1954. So I probably was 12 or 13 when I saw it in its original state. Uh, it's put together by uh, Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer through acquisitions and so forth. There's a new Blu-ray edition of it that's been released by Warner Brothers coupled with some other, I think, some other uh, musicals. As I was saying before, I had no idea that there was this much interest in this film. It's just, I mean, I, I must have spent an hour and a half reading commentaries and, and individual uh, individuals' quotes on what they thought of the movie that ranged all the way from outstanding to this is the worst thing that could have ever been done.
1: That's pretty much my take on it as well in, in reading reviews on IMDb anyway.
0: One of the things I found that was also new to me is that in 2004, the film was uh, selected for preservation in the U.S. National Film Registry of the Library of Congress as being quote, culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. And, and that's got a couple of meanings to me. yeah. Yeah, it is significant because of the beauty of the dancing and the costumes and the staging, but also of the uh, kidnapping of women and just that whole treatment of women.
1: But I didn't know that it had been selected for that. To me, that statement about culturally significant is—it doesn't mean that it's uh, necessarily seen in a positive light, right? It could exactly, mean that yeah. Again, it kind of comes back to some of these movies almost, you know, being historical documents. And I don't think that it's a reflection on actual history of, you know, the Oregon Territory that's depicted in the film. I think it's a little snapshot of the early 1950s in in the United States and what was seen as acceptable in a movie. In reading some of the things on the internet, even reviews that are written this year, people still really, really enjoy this movie. And on the opposite side, there's people that really loathe the movie. And somebody even said that it should just never be shown again and just locked away. And I I, I don't agree with that. Um, That's a little extreme, but I think there's a lot to learn uh, from watching it in in a way.
0: Oh, I agree. And that's so true with a lot of the films that we've reviewed. The history is there. It needs to be kept in front of us so we don't repeat it again and then I I did mention in the text and we mentioned it earlier before we did the introduction in the same era even going back into the 30s there were very significant films being made Uh, Grapes of Wrath Gentleman's Agreement The Men the Sidney Poitier movies from the late 40s that one where he's the doctor treating that uh, racist uh, No Way Out I believe the name of it is so yeah. there were uh, Crossfire and others that sort of uphold a, 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 are as timely today as they were then in terms of significance.
1: Some of the other backstory on this movie was that the studio felt like it was going to not be a success, and they had a couple other movies that they were releasing that they thought were going to be successes. I think one of them was called Gilgamesh, and, one,
0: and that one was uh, Brigadoon. They were doing, yeah,
1: yeah. So I I might, I might be wrong on. I know Brigadoon was one of them. That's right. I'm not. I might be wrong on the other one. But they funneled a lot of money into those into those other two movies, and then this one was left to be produced on a shoestring budget. And they had a a lot of matte paintings and a lot of uh, paintings that were like floor to ceiling in the studio to kind of be like backdrops. And I actually thought those were beautifully done, like the matte paintings and those background paintings were outstanding now i when i was watching it i didn't realize that they did that because they couldn't afford to go out on location and then i was kind of laughing to myself thinking about paint your wagon and how extravagant that was oh
0: it's at the other end of the financial
1: yeah and it was also filmed in oregon so i was kind of thinking you know if you can imagine seven brides for seven brothers in that location of paint your wagon that's what it could have looked like if they'd got on got to go out on location i think
0: <laughs> well the, but the downside of that is they probably would have spent so money so much money on producing it that it would have lost money in the end and in the end it was a huge success it made millions for the studio and yeah. it really cemented uh, stanley donan as as a as a director they could put these together because he'd worked with gene kelly on on the town and singing in the rain and then he went on after this to do other films.
1: And being able to put this together for so little money and yeah, once you start looking for it, almost every scene is filmed on the studio soundstage. It's almost like watching a stage play in a way. It, it is, yeah. It's like going to see uh,
0: it in the th- in, a, in, a, in a at the Pantages or someplace like that.
1: So one of the theories I have about the plot is that it's a little bit lazy writing. They were super constrained, and I know this was based on a book, so it's also that, but. I think there's a way that they could have had a plot device to where they the the women and the the brothers wanted to be together, but they weren't able to be together because of people in the town or maybe an avalanche that cut them off and they had to like somehow figure out how to overcome these obstacles to be together. And it would have been a more complicated movie, and there maybe it would have cost more money to because it would have been longer, probably. But as I was watching it, I thought, this is just the easy way to, to make all of these things happen.
0: That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. But now I'm imagining, you know, they're, they're in the middle of making this, and they come to their, the writers of the screenplay and say, you got to have this wrapped up by uh, the end of this week. And so they, they went quickly to, to the things that they knew they could get together because of the, the constraints on the money that was available.
1: Exactly. And the budget constraints and the time constraints, I think, force a movie into a certain mold in, in some ways. It's unfortunate because I think this movie could have been like a, a really outstanding film with a few tweaks to it. It's quite a
0: paradox in terms of what it presents. I, I got so into it, I went back and watched it again, and I, I highlighted all the scenes, cause I, and and I can't, I don't think I've ever seen better dancing in any film with those four brothers that were professional dancers at the barn raising and all of that. I mean, that was amazing. Come
2: on everybody, get your partners. There's gonna be dancing.
1: they could in that set to, to be a prop in the dance number it was really cool
0: I didn't think to do this but I wish I timed how many minutes were on the screen
1: it was seven minutes it was just over seven minutes Oh right? my word.
0: well there were there were seven brothers and uh, one being Howard Keel and then one as a man named uh, Jeff Richards who was a very uh, good baseball player and he was not a dancer he is one of the brothers But the other five, Russ Tamlin, was an excellent gymnast and tumbler, and the other four were uh, extremely uh, talented dancers.
1: Russ Tamlin was in West Side Story, right? Yes,
0: he was, Uh, and his daughter is is, uh, in the business now. To kind of get back to the plot, uh, it's almost like a return to paint your wagon. It's 1850s, and the backwoodsman Adam Pontipee arrives to in the territory town to find a bride, and from the very opening, it's it's got that edge to it that's like, oh, please. He's he's looking at all these women as though they're uh, potential brides for him, because he's got to find somebody to take back because this place they've got with all these brothers is out of control. And he needs help.
3: That's a little over ten pounds.
0: How much is people worth this year?
3: Six dollars a pound.
2: Well, I'll trade you for a new plow, two tubs of lard, barrel of molasses, 25 pounds of chewing tobacco, and you wouldn't have a wife under the counter there. I'm looking for a wife. (laughs) Any special brand? Well, yes. I'd like best a widow woman that ain't afraid to work. There's seven of us men, me and my six brothers. Places like a pigsty and the food tastes worse. So I made up my mind. Next time I come into town to trade, I'm going to bring me back a wife.
3: Well, that's a fine thing I must say thinking you could come here and trade for a wife like she was a bag of meal.
2: Oh, oh, no, ma'am. I wouldn't say that, ma'am. Well, let
3: me tell you, none of our gals is going to go off to bear country with you to
2: cook and wash and slave for seven slummokey backwoodsmen. There's ten men for every woman out here. You want a wife, you'll have to go back east and get one. You mean there's no unmarried females in this town?
3: Morning, Missy. Hey, hey, hello, Missus Nicky. We're having a quilting bee. We thought you might have some odds and ends. Well, I'll see.
2: <laughs> how about these? Now, just a minute. What's the matter? They married? They're spoken for. Oh, just spoken for. You had me scared. I tell you, they're promised. Oh, lady can change her mind, can't she? <laughs> <laughs> Pay
3: him no mind, girls. Fred, put his things in the wagon. Don't keep him waiting.
2: Oh, I'm in no hurry. I got a whole afternoon.
3: Yeah, well, you're wasting your time. You won't find a girl in this town to marry you.
2: Never set my mind to something here for what I got. Whether it's plowing 20 acres in a day or dropping a tree within an inch of where I want it. I'm here today to get me a wife. I don't need to go back home empty-handed. Now, you're all pretty and fresh and young. I'll keep you in mind. But I ain't deciding on nothing until I look i all over. Your beautiful hide wherever you may be we ain't
0: met yet but I'm a willing to bet you're the gal for me he finally comes comes upon uh, Jane Powell's character reluctantly I guess is the best way to put it she decides that she would go with him. <laughs>
2: name's Adam Potipi. It's
3: an odd name, I must say.
2: I live up the mountain. I got a farm up there.
3: Have you?
2: Good farm and a house on it. There's timberland, high grazing meadows, sheep, milk, cows, 50 acres of wheat. Only thing it ain't got, ain't got a woman. How about it?
3: How about
2: what? I just told you. How about marrying me? Oh, I know. It's kind of short notice. Back east, we would have met up a Sunday, even church. Six months later, I would have would have asked you, "Could I walk you home?" Next two or three years, I would have sat in your front parlor every Wednesday night, and finally, I would ask your father, "Could I marry you?" But here, there's not time. I got to be home tonight to tend to my stock. It'll be another five months before I get down again with my grain. You're going to keep me waiting all that five months just for your pride?
3: I'd have to finish my chores.
2: I knew it the minute I set eyes on you. You were the gal for me. I'll go get cleaned up a bit and root out the preacher.
0: She has a completely different view. I think her name is Millie. She
1: uh, thinks that this is going to be... Good marriage, and it'll be just the two of them. And he doesn't tell her about the six brothers and what a pigsty the place is. And I think that's that's uh, not fair on his part to do to her. And she lets, and he lets her have this fantasy all the way back to the homestead. You know, it's like twelve miles by horse-drawn cart, which has got to be a pretty much a day-long drive um, up up into the mountains.
0: So I stop at this point and I say to myself, did marriages really happen that quickly in back in the 1850s? And I thought, I, I have no idea. I, I, I suppose they could have because it was such a wild and crazy place and you were basically on your own in, in this in this frontier. But, I mean, it happened like in film time just a few minutes.
1: I was sort of okay with that part of the movie in terms of like he he he's looking for a wife and and she actually says in the movie when they're getting married that she she actually wants to marry him like she she has this feeling like this is the right thing to do and it was kind of like maybe love at first sight say it
2: plain millie into your face i don't like this marriage oh reverend i don't know you or anything about you and i feel responsible millie's like a daughter to us we're her only family
3: but reverend ever since i came here you've been after me to marry The girl had no right to stay single, you said. The country needed to be settled. We meant you to marry one of our young men, Millie. You had your pick with them. I tried. Again and again I tried. I'd say yes to one of them, and an awful sinking feeling would strike me right here, and I couldn't do it. When I said yes to him, I waited for that feeling, but it didn't come. I feel just fine. I feel so good I could cry oh I think it's wonderful love at first sight
1: and so up until that point I thought okay well it's a little bit weird and I kind of think it's but I can see where that might actually happen yeah but then but but then when they're you know riding up into the mountains I think he should have said something to her like hey by the way (laughs) um, you know I've got six (laughs) brothers and It's going to be a lot of work, and I mean, I should have said something earlier, you know, but he he just sort of, like, lets the... let it be a surprise (laughs) in a bad way.
2: Oh, this is uh, my brother, Caleb.
3: How are you, brother Caleb? It's
2: My wife, Millie. Your wife? Well, I'll be a monkey's uncle.
3: Hey Eve Dan! He done it! He got married!
2: This is uh my brothers uh Ephraim and Daniel.
3: How are you, Brother Ephraim, Brother Daniel? Which one is Ephraim and which is Daniel?
2: Me. And this here's uh Benjamin.
3: How are you, Brother Benjamin? You didn't tell me you had brothers.
2: Well, it must have been the wedding threw it out of my mind.
3: You all live around here?
2: Not round. Here.
3: Oh. I guess I should have picked some more sorrel.
2: Uh, this is the house. Big room. Well, it might need readying up a bit, but now that you're here... Come on, oh, my God. wake up. Wake up and meet your sister-in-law. This is Frank.
3: How are you, brother, Frank?
2: And this here is Gideon. You can drop that spoon. We're gonna have some human cooking around here for change now that she's here. Are there
3: any more?
2: No. Gideon's the last born. It'll take me a
3: little while to put the right name with the right brother.
2: Well, just remember your ABCs. Adam, Benjamin, Caleb, Daniel, Ethan, Frank, and Gideon.
3: They're fine-sounding names. Bible names.
2: Now that was Ma's idea. ABC's. That was Paul, so we could keep track of us. He was figuring on using the whole 26 letters right down to Zachariah, but he got to look at Gideon here and went out and chopped a tree down himself. <laughs>
3: there, there's one of the names in the Bible I, I don't seem to remember. Frank. Is Frank a Bible name?
2: Oh, that ain't his real name, is it, Frank? We just call him that for short. His real name is Frank. <laughs> you pay him no mind. I'll show you around. Come over here now. Up here is the bedroom. Can't you stop him? Oh, you get used to that. Now, like I was saying... Well, what happened was it something I said. Oh, no. Frank's just touched your his name, that's all. There was no F names in the Bible, so Ma named him Frankincense. Cause he smells so sweet. Yeah. Now, look, like I was telling you, up there is the bedroom. Down there is where the boys bump. If you follow me, I'll show you the rest.
0: And, and uh, I, I read where the uh, <laughs> the choreographer uh, Michael Kidd was originally he originally turned down the film, and he's he's quoted as saying uh, in in 1997 he was quoted as saying Here are these slobs living off in the woods. They have no schooling. They are uncouth. There's manure on the floor. The cows come in and out, and they're going to get up and dance. We'd be laughed out of the house. <laughs> so he turned it down,
1: but then a later at a later point he, he agreed to do it. <laughs> I thought, <laughs> well, Millie, Millie is a strong character. She doesn't take any crap from these guys and I, I thought it was good that she fixes them a meal the first night that she's there and, and she cleans up the kitchen and she, she's, she's like kind of reconciled or, or maybe resigned to the fact that, okay, this is, this is my life. But then they all come in and they're just making a huge mess and and running on the table and just eating with their hands and shoving food into their mouth. And she's like, if that's how you're going to eat like pigs, then you can just eat like pigs. And she takes the table and (laughs) dumps dumps all the food on the floor. And then she runs upstairs and she locks herself in her room and she's reading from her Bible and uh, Adam is kind of clueless in some ways. Like, you know, he's he's maybe one of the... Of the seven brothers, he's probably the most with it, but he's still not very together. And he doesn't understand why she's upset, and she she explains it to him. She, like, whips the... So the, kind of the next set of scenes is, like, she's whipping these brothers into shape and getting them cleaned up and forcing them to take a bath... And one of the brothers played by Russ Tamlin doesn't even know how to undo his underwear because he's had it on for so long. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, man, that's so gross. These guys must have smelled so bad.
0: Well, the, and then the, the the barn animals are in and out. I mean, it, it just, it, it made it made the, the cabin in Calamity Jane before it was cleaned up seem like it wasn't too bad. Remember how bad yeah. that was oh. and then they cleaned it up? This was 10 times as bad. And she she got it cleaned up in record time, and there were the the pile of clothing that she had to launder was was <laughs> oh, five and a half six feet high. It was just amazing.
1: God, I was kind of enjoying it at that point, like watching them get cleaned up and like um, they were. So then they go into town and they're gonna like meet you know some of the townspeople and and I and again I think they just kind of took an easy route here where where the brother just gets in a fight with all these guys in town and knocks them all out and breaks a window at the general store and Millie's just so furious and says, Get back everybody back in the wagon and and it's it's sort of like she's the mom and these are like six unruly like grade school kids that just have no manners. At that point in the movie they could have the brothers could have been like, you know, maybe maybe we can kinda keep it together. Like they tried to do at the Barn race.
0: Yeah, the first part of the barn raising, yeah.
1: And then the women could have, like, seen these guys and said, you know, they're all cleaned up and they're handsome guys. And and she Millie even says, you know, you're all so handsome. Why don't you go into town? Why don't you go to a barn raising? And and I think they just, they don't have any kind of a parental figure. And they just never, it never crossed their mind that they would do something like that. It's it,
0: uh, That dancing to me is, is just... Amazing and and those four, let's see, I lost my note, but the four of them doing that dance on that log. Yeah, I had never seen anything quite, quite that exquisite, and it just adds to the, to the uh, differences that appear in the movie. And then of course there's another big fight,
1: and the brothers think it's fun. Like this is like just their this this is like their recreation is just getting into a big brawl and. Of course, Millie's in tears because this is so embarrassing for her. And, you know, also it's it's kind of her worst case scenario. Right. Like she this is exactly what she didn't want to have happen at the barn raising. And yeah. up until that point before the fight, like all the, the women that they were dancing with, I think, were impressed. You know, and they were like, oh, these guys are these guys are all right. And. This is where, you know, if they hadn't gotten into that fight there, but then something happened to where, like, the parents of the women were like, no, you absolutely can't hang out with these mountain men. They're, they're just terrible. And, and maybe there was, and so the, maybe the brothers go back to the cabin, you know, up in the mountains of the homestead. And then perhaps there was an avalanche that cut them off but they really wanted to be together and the the brothers are like really in love with the women and the women are really in love with the brothers and they and so then they have to overcome like an environmental obstacle with the with the avalanche and then like a social obstacle with the parents to to try to win them over you know like maybe they woo the women and impress the the parents and it would have been a totally different movie i get that and i'm you know I guess we're reviewing the movie as it is is, in my mind this is like a better movie so
0: (laughs) oh and then they spend the winter pining for these these young women that they they all want to date and get to know and Adam steps in and encourages them to go kidnap them, kidnap them.
1: Yeah, because he read this story in Millie's Bible about these Romans that kidnapped these women, and the women were all in tears and crying, but no, they really were glad that they got kidnapped. who
2: lived in the Roman it seems that they all went swimming while them men was off to graze. Well, a Roman troop was riding by and saw them in their meal, my. So they took them all back home to dry. At least that's what Plutarch says. Oh, yes, them women was sobbing, 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 fit to be tied. Every muscle was throbbing, throbbing from that riotous ride. Seems they cried and kissed and kissed and cried all over that Roman countryside. So don't forget that when you're taking a bride, sobbing, fit to be tied from that riotous ride. So then what happened? Stand around, i tell you they never did return their plunder the victor gets all the loot they carried them home by thunder two rotunda, small but cute and you never seen so they tell me such downright domesticity with a roman I was
1: groaning so much. I was, oh. So they decide that they're going to go into town and kidnap these six women and and bring them back up to the homestead. And then they they actually do cause an avalanche with their gunfire so that that the women are forced to to stay with them at the homestead through the winter.
0: And they realize they forgot to bring the parson with them so they could all get married. That whole the premise of that, those sets of scenes is is where we kind of depart from enjoying the movie as much as we did when they were all dancing.
1: Oh, for sure. And then the women are are just so upset, you know, for good reason. I mean, they've been kidnapped just out of their homes, literally. Like these guys just kidnapped them.
0: Say, Millie banishes all the brothers to the
1: barn. Yeah, and then Adam throws a temper tantrum yeah. and says, "I'm not living out here in the barn. I'm going up to the." hunting cabin. He just takes on. It's just like, you're such a baby. You're just such a baby. You know, like, good, go up to the hunting cabin. You deserve it.
0: And he spends the winter there alone. Yeah. I'll show her. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I was glad that he went up there and then, but then the women kind of get like what I would consider a Stockholm Syndrome going because now they're like falling in love with their captors and it's coming around to springtime, and the, the animals are having babies. And I think one of the other the sisters gets pregnant. One of the sisters gets. I pre- think I
0: think Jane Powell's character gets pregnant. Oh okay, Because okay. it. it
1: uh, oh, she got pregnant before before. Before Adam got mad. Adam yeah. got banished. That way, yeah, the, okay, the movie right.
0: could stay within the rules of the production code. Right. She could she could she could be the only one that was pregnant because she was married.
1: Right, but then he wasn't around, and then and then the Russ Tamblin character goes up to the cab, the hunting cabin, and says, "You need to come back. You got you got a baby. You have a daughter." And Adam's like, oh, "Of course, she gave me a daughter. Of course, that's what she would do." And I'm just like, "Oh God, this is just so."
0: Bad. And and Russ Tamlin's character uh, as the youngest brother is more mature and adult than his oldest brother Adam.
1: Yeah, and punches Adam in the face and says, <laughs> "I've lost respect <laughs> you, for you, you big dope." Oh. But then he does come back down and he sort of makes up with Millie in a way, but then he he says something really mean when he's talking to Russ Tamlin's character. They're sitting on the front porch and Russ is saying, I, I got this feeling and I just, I don't know what to do with it and, and I, you know, I'm in love with this, with the, the, with her. I forget which character he's in love with. It's kind of confusing. But then Adam says, oh, it's fine. You know, all women are the same. You'll find somebody else. And Millie's listening to this. Because yeah. I think up until that point, Millie was like, oh, this is nice. They're going to have a nice little talk out here on the on the front porch. And then Adam says that. And then she starts crying because clearly Adam just thinks that all women are interchangeable.
0: Of all the brothers, he's the most offensive because he he's the oldest and seems to have been around more.
1: But he says things and he does things that are just...
0: Awful. You know, it's almost like the townspeople, uh, the 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 brothers, and and the main characters in Paint Your Wagon could have all been related. When you think about <laughs> yeah. some of the behaviors, good night. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, maybe maybe um, Lee Marvin's character was their father. <laughs> <laughs> <It> makes sense.
0: <laughs> well, uh, then we find that 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 spring is coming.
1: The, avalanches and, the avalanche has melted. Yeah,
0: it's melted, And the townspeople, angry as heck. and Rightfully, rightfully so. so, yeah. They, they, they intend to come out and, and hang the brothers for what they did. And,
1: you know, I I was totally seeing their point of view. Yeah, I would be going up there to get them, too. Maybe not hang them right there, but, like, bring them back for justice in, in the town. Put them on trial.
0: Definitely, and then they all get there, and they're just about ready to unleash their fury when they... Uh, I think Alice's father, the Reverend Elcott, hears crying in the distance from a baby. And so it, it comes to light that they ask, uh, might be, the, the baby might belong to one of the six women. He asks the Pontipes who Hannah belongs to. And after they all, 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 the, girl, all the women say, Hannah...
3: Oh. Oh. Come on. Hey, get, up. Get, up. get up, what are you going to do to him? We're
2: gonna hang him with the rest of them from the nearest tree. Oh. Oh. Oh, no. oh, Just a minute. Just a minute before we go, there's one thing we've got to know from our girl. girls. Girls, girls! Now, Reverend, what is it you want to know? We're all fathers here and we love you, so don't be afraid to answer. A while back I heard a wee babe crying in the house. Whose is it? Whose is it? Don't be afraid to tell.
3: Mine!
0: And, and I mean, that whole... <laughs> you gotta really
1: stretch your imagination and uh, sense of reality for that scene to work. If you change the tone just slightly, this could be like a really... Dramatic kind of almost horror movie where there's these guys that live up in the mountain. They come down into the town and they kidnap these women and and sort of brainwash them through the winter to fall in love with them. Yeah. Wow. You know, if it wasn't a musical, you could you could imagine this being a drama with a lot with like overtones of horror.
0: Well, you, you've 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 presented two options. The, earlier, you you had the option where it could have been a more realistic approach. To the, to the men and the women and then now the the horror angle so there were a lot, there were a lot of opportunities <laughs> but I, I gotta tell you uh, I, I'm surprised at myself that I didn't realize it had some of this in the elements or some of these elements in the film when I when I was saying let's let's review this one because
1: I remember all the dancing and all the colorful costumes. I feel a little bad because I think in an earlier episode when we were talking about upcoming movies I said, "Oh yeah, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, that's a fun movie I'm looking forward to that." I wish I could go back and like tell myself to not say that because I I was saying that from my memories as a 12-year-old yeah, of me, what this movie too. was was like, you know.
0: Well, my rating reflects that I'm schizophrenic. <laughs> I I give the dancing and the costumes a 9 and I give the story about the kidnapping and the wives and the brothers a two. <laughs> so I'm I'm coming in at about a five. Yeah. on My final rating and it and surprisingly it's it, it was so popular. I mean it made several million dollars.
1: Continues to be.
0: Well it also continues to, to present people with opportunities to vent all over the place in terms of liking or hating it. Wow. True. You remember the wood chopping scene? Where they were chopping.
1: When they're singing about being lonely and stuff. Well,
0: they're they're all chopping the wood. Yeah, they're singing the lonesome polecat. Yeah, that was all shot in one in one take, one single take. That was take.
1: a that was a beautiful beautiful scene like that. Again, like all all filmed on the soundstage. Yeah. Uh You know the the choreography, like the timing of like the wood chopping to go into the beat of the music. Oh, 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 oh mean old high. I enjoyed that scene i enjoyed the scene with the barn raising up until the kind of the fight part of that i really liked the matte paintings and the background paintings uh, i thought millie's character was really strong i thought howard keel was just such a perfect mountain man archetype so i didn't i disliked his character uh, i thought howard keel did great with the singing and and uh you know he really played it up My overall rating is about a four. Definitely would not watch it again, and I probably wouldn't recommend it to anybody.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way. I I do want to give a a special mention to Jane Powell. She's one of the last living uh, actors that came from the the, uh, golden age of the studio system. She's still alive. Uh, And according to my math, she's 92 years old. And she, she was really good in the film, and her voice was beautiful, yeah.
1: Yeah, she was great. I, yeah, I really enjoyed every scene that she was in, and, and I thought she did a more realistic portrayal of, of somebody in that kind of a situation and what they might be going through. She
0: made a career of doing uh, musicals and kind of lighthearted fare. A Portland native
1: oh interesting well and the movie was set in Oregon yeah right <laughs> <laughs> so a five and a four all right well up next I know I've, I know I like the next movie we're watching and I I can I could already just I could already do a review of it because I've seen it about 20 times
0: and what would that movie be Matt
1: The Sound of Music yes
0: I just finished watching it two nights ago Man, uh, Nancy and I it, it, it's got I have a card here that I put together what did I do with it okay I listed like about 20 musicals that we've either reviewed or I've seen. And it comes out at the top. The top three in my mind are The Sound of Music, Fiddler on the Roof, and Yankee Doodle Dandy. And The Sound of Music and Fiddler on the Roof are, you know, historically involved too. There's a there's a very dramatic, painful, and horrific part to those stories uh, for both of those. But yeah, it, it's. I could review it now too. It's, it's one of my favorites. And guess who the director was?
1: Our all-time favorite, Robert Wise. Robert Wise, yeah. yeah. So he's so good. All right, all right. Well, that was our review of uh, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. You you may be one of the people that really love this movie, and in which case. Uh, that's totally fine. Like, everybody has their own opinions yeah. of this movie. And, Boy, is that yeah, the case. We're just sharing, we're just sharing ours, so <laughs> there you go. And coming to you from North Bend, this is Matt. And this is uh, Bob
0: here in Los Angeles wishing everybody happy movie watching.
2: Do you, Alice, Ruth, Martha, Liza, Sarah, Dorcas, take these men to be your lawfully wedded husbands? We do. We do. And do you, Benjamin, Caleb, Daniel, Ethan, Frankincense, Gideon, take these girls to be your lawfully wedded wives? We We do. I now pronounce you men and wives.